Alrighty, hello again everyone and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 21st day of April 2023. Happy, delicious, glorious Friday to you. I hope you got a great set of plans for this weekend or really I hope you don't have any plans if that's what you want. I have soccer on tomorrow morning. Kids soccer, two games back to back where there will be crying. Not really sure why. I've never really understood why. I just come running over every once in a while crying, and I have to explain to them while it's not a big, it's okay, it's going to be all right. And then they go right back out there. Like, you got to admire the spirit. But, yeah, they cry an awful lot during soccer. Anyway, I am Derek Hunter. I'm your host. Thank you for listening, downloading, sharing, telling a friend. And, by the way, a programming note. Today is, uh, depending on when you listen to this, if you listen to my show on uh, the radio, streaming, this is it. This is the last day for it. They want hyper-local. They are going in a different direction, a different direction than I could really go. Um, hyper-local isn't my knowledge base. It isn't what I, my experience. It isn't what I do. And I try to, to incorporate more local, but they want super hyper-local. So they've got somebody lined up for that on Monday, and it's their station. They can do what they want. So there you go. You'll have to get your me fix here five days a week and hopefully six days a week. Because if you're sitting there and you're going, what the hell? How the F did that happen? It's stupid. I don't know why. I don't know how or why anybody comes to this decision, but there's only so much that they can change about a station. There's only really my show that is that they can change because the other ones either buy their time or... Um, have their contracts so short end of the stick that means i get to sleep in so there's that for a while so i've already got some kind of hopefully some leads on some jobs and i've got some work i can step up and, and do so we should be okay in a while it's just the health insurance that's the problem so along those lines if i can make you feel guilty to go and support the program at patreon.com slash derek hunter podcast or derek hunter.locals.com you get the free content you get the error not the free content because it's, it's uh, registration uh but you get the extra content and you get the contests and you get all the cool stuff and you get pictures of my kids and updates on maybe i'll put, i don't think i can put in videos i don't know that i want to show you soccer videos my kids usually the ones standing in the corner kind of jumping up and down so anyway patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast or Derek Hunter dot locals dot com or just my email address Derek Allen Hunter at gmail dot com at uh, PayPal and I'll email it to you every week if you don't want to use those sites I'll send it to you in, in an email so there you go now you know and the more you know I don't want your pity but uh, yeah hey man they own it. They get to do it. That's the good thing about this is there's no, well, I technically own it, but there's nothing to own. So there's nobody to tell me, to invite me to leave. At least they're giving me a last show. We'll see. I'll have some fun on it till the clock strikes noon, actually. So have, uh, have at it. Now let's start the program. There is a lot going on. There's a bunch of things to talk about. And I, um, where to start? Well, they got this. <clears throat> yes, we'll start with the Hunter Biden story. 
because there is a whistleblower. There is a Now, you wouldn't know it. The media is not particularly interested in anything related to Hunter Biden. It's bizarre. They deny, look, there's nothing, nothing, nothing. We're not going to look into this business with the uh, Hunter Biden laptop story because it's Russian disinformation. And they all denounced it as Russian disinformation. That was the only time that they bothered to talk about it was that this is Russian disinformation. Then they bothered to do some journalism. Well, actually, other places decided to do some journalism first. Then eventually, these left-wing mainstream outlets decided to do some journalism themselves, which really just, the ease with which they do it, or they did it, should tell you just how lazy and horrible they are as people. Because what did they do? They... They literally just made a couple of phone calls. NBC News, when they did their, I think it was NBC News, when they did their big reveal. Like, oh, we have verified. Or no, it was CBS News. We have verified that the contents of the laptop are real. Now, what did they do? They called a father and son. I think they were in Nebraska, some tech company people. In, now, there are tech people all over the place. You could have called any of them. But whatever, if they've used Nebraska, they use Nebraska. The problem isn't that they use Nebraska or our father and son team. The problem is that they did it in about 20 minutes. They had their answer, and they could have done it 20 months earlier. And they didn't bother. They, they'd spent their time then. They'd burned their calories then going, there's nothing to see here. This is classic Russian disinformation, which now we come to find out the uh, Biden campaign had facilitated that letter. Remember, it was like all these intelligence officials, just out of the kindness of their heart. They have decided that they cannot sit idly by and watch Russia interfere in yet another election, even though Russia didn't interfere in the first election. They just made their... uh, (laughs) They made made their mind up that that was going to be the story and they went along with it. Okay, there you go. Well, he got this letter, 51 people. And 51 people were all essentially on the Democrats' payroll, Joe Biden's payroll, and the payroll of the big guy. Now we get this story that broke yesterday. CNN, even CNN bothered to report it. IRS agent seeks whistleblower protections to share allegations of mishandling in Hunter Biden probe. Now, you can come forward. Anybody can come forward. And what happens? Come forward and just declare something to be or you let you know what you've known. And if you don't go through the proper channels, particularly if uh, the information, well, you can be fired. Whistleblower protection is you have officially applied. You're a whistleblower. You're not just a leaker. It's a difference between a leaker and a whistle. A leaker is here's classified information. You didn't get it from me. A whistleblower is you're seeing something that is inappropriate and you want to come forward, but you recognize that your bosses could fire you at any moment. uh, And they can because this is information that you're supposed to keep in-house and you have, but you have reason to believe or reason to distrust the in-house channels. Look, if you if you're watching your boss or your boss's boss participate in something that is either illegal or unethical, 
and you go up to your boss and say, hey, you or your boss are doing something that is, uh, I believe, to be morally objectionable or whatever. Do you think they're going to run it up the food chain? Probably not. Do you think that you're going to, at a minimum, be looked upon favorably when it comes to your next potential for promotion? Probably not. But by going to Congress, by law, they set this law up, by going to Congress and uh, trying to obtain and officially obtaining whistleblower status, if you can prove that you were punished or treated differently or unfairly after you came forward and exposed things, whether you were right or not, you can sue. It gives you protections against being fired or against being punished. It's a smart thing to do. So that this is happening now in the Hunter Biden laptop story or the Hunter Biden taxes story is very interesting. CNN reports an IRS supervisory special agent who claims to have information about alleged mishandling and political interference in the ongoing criminal probe into Hunter Biden is seeking whistleblower protections to share the information with Congress, according to a letter obtained by CNN. He hasn't said anything yet. Quote, despite serious risk of retaliation, my client is offering to provide you with information necessary to exercise your constitutional oversight function and wishes to make the disclosures in a nonpartisan manner to the leadership of the relevant committees on both sides of the political aisle. End quote. Mark Lytle, an attorney for the IRS whistleblower, said in a letter to a handful of Democrats and Republicans leading committees in the House and Senate. The letter, which was first reported by the Wall Street Journal, describes the IRS agent as, quote, overseeing the ongoing and sensitive investigation in, of a high-profile, controversial subject, end quote, which a source familiar with the matter confirmed was Hunter Biden. Now, there's, there's an actual letter. The letter exists. Through sources that are anonymous, whatever you think of anonymous sources, allegedly a whole bunch of news organizations have bothered to confirm, have actually confirmed that, you know, they, can't, they don't say in the letter, but this is about Hunter Biden. This is much more information, accurate or not, it's at least, inf- you got the letter is real. You can confirm the target with anonymous sources. It is much more information than the vast majority of stories reported on Donald Trump during the Trump administration. Remember, what was it? The uh, When he was over in Europe for a summit or whatever, and it was D-Day anniversary, and it was raining, and the Secret Service said, well, we can't fly the helicopter there, and it's too far to drive to Normandy, so you just... it it. Yeah, Trump could have absolutely insisted, but when the Secret Service is saying, look, it's too dangerous because that's a long drive uh, where you'd be out in the open. Uh, What was the story? The Atlantic, still to this day, the only place where this story has ever, well, originally been reported. Other places wrote about the Atlantic story. Nobody has actually reported on it gotten confirmation or anything like that, but you don't need confirmation anymore in journalism. You need somebody else saying they have confirmation. You can just write it. That story was Donald Trump didn't want to go because it was raining, it would mess up his hair, and he didn't understand why anybody would go and honor the losers who died on D-Day. It's, it's so absurd to the point of ridiculousness 
But yeah, he did say that thing about John McCain. It was a swipe at John McCain. But there was nothing about Donald Trump's presidency, nothing about his candidacy, nothing about Donald Trump's life that would cause you to think, well, he's just, he. the only reason he wants to go to that military ceremony is so that he can relieve himself from the graves of the men buried there. No, it's absurd. But the Atlantic, with one alleged source, anonymous, of course, ran with it and insisted to it. And Jeffrey Goldberg, the editor of The Atlantic, was the reporter on that story. He was a star. He was all over MSNBC going, oh, you see, Donald Trump, this is true. My sources told me it was so, and therefore it must be so. And uh, what happened? Literally everybody who would have been in a position to know called BS on this. The Secret Service came out and said, no, we said uh, this is why we shouldn't go, why we recommend against going, why we're saying don't go. Even, uh, God, I can't even remember the guy's name, but uh, the president's chief of staff at the time, former military guy, did not end up liking Donald Trump. But he said, no, that did not happen. People who hated Donald Trump, who were in positions to know, said, no, this did not happen. And yet the Atlantic stood by that story. They stood by it. There was nothing, no piece of paper, nothing. This one has an official letter from a lawyer of a whistleblower. Multiple news outlets have been able to confirm through their sources, think of that what you will, have been able to confirm that this was an actual... This is actually related to Hunter Biden. This is about Hunter Biden, which is kind of a big deal. The IRS investigating Hunter Biden for all sorts of... God knows where he gets his money from. God knows what he pays in taxes or where he hides it, whatever. It's not a matter of he took a deduction that he didn't deserve or whatever. He fudged some numbers. This is real, real issues. But he's the son of the president. son of the president has already gotten away with lying on a... Federal, applica- federal firearms application about his drug addiction, faced no consequences for that, threw a gun into a garbage can behind like a fast food restaurant. The Secret Service went and recovered. Why is the Secret Service involved in this? We don't know. Nobody will answer any questions. Actually, scratch that. Nobody will ask any questions. And uh, they have a chance to report on this. And what do the networks do? Well, it, it, now this isn't the lead story, but Curtis Hauk over at the uh, Newsbusters organization, part of the Media Research Center, he watches these nightly newscasts. And this is a fairly decent-sized story. I mean, hell, even CNN wrote it up. CNN covered it a little bit, a little bit. It makes them uncomfortable. But they covered it because it actually happened. And every once in a while, a news organization should focus on something that actually happened. Just every once in a while. Don't get used to it. But they should get, you know, to the point where they do something, cover something that actually happened. So what did, say, ABC News report on? Well, yesterday there was a uh, a parking garage in New York City that collapsed. A bad, it's a bad thing. Some, one person died, a couple people injured, maybe four people injured. It's horrible. It's awful. But is it national news? Is it national news? It's not a government-owned parking garage, so it's not going to be, you know, they can't argue we need money for inf- more money for infrastructure to make sure parking structures don't fall down. It's nothing like that. It's a privately owned thing, and it collapsed. 
That's what they, they focus. Here's just a little snippet of what ABC News, ABC News, by the way, didn't report on Hunter Biden at all. They found time, and it was actually about a minute and a half. This is just the intro. They found about a minute and a half to report on a parking garage partial collapse in New York City. Here in New York City tonight, video from inside that deadly parking garage collapse amid serious new questions. Tonight, hear the images and the roar of the crash. Nothing about Hunter Biden, but the images and the roar of the crash from a surveillance camera or whatever the hell it was. Again, scary, not good, but is it national news? Is it? I don't think so. Then we go over to NBC, Lester Holt. He didn't have time to talk about the Hunter Biden story at all either. 0 for 2. But what did Lester Holt find time to talk about? We did a minute and a half on climate change in Wales. Because why? Because... Why not? Down to our series Climate Challenge and how our warming planet is putting gentle giants of the sea at risk. Named right whales centuries ago because they were right to hunt, something has gone very wrong for these majestic creatures of the Atlantic. But as Ann Thompson found, there are solutions. There are solutions, as Ann Thompson found. As Ann Thompson also found, there are solutions to not wanting to cover the Hunter Biden story or anything related to the Biden family corruption, and that is to, I don't know, go find whales. But, to their credit, CBS News did actually cover it. They did, I swear to God. And they did a fairly decent job. Again, it doesn't take, you don't have to dedicate the whole show to it. There isn't that much information about it, but there is information about it. If you're at all interested in conveying news, you might want to convey that information instead of talking about a local infrastructure story. Listen to the CBS News report. It explains it fairly well. There is breaking news in the federal criminal investigation into Hunter Biden's tax returns. An attorney for an IRS supervisor sent a letter to lawmakers today asking for whistleblower protection, saying his client has information that suggests the investigation is being improperly influenced by, quote, preferential treatment and politics. Here's CBS News Chief Investigative Correspondent Jim Axelrod. My client wants to come forward to Congress. He's ready to be questioned about what he knows and what he experienced under the proper legal protections. Attorney Mark Lytle's client is a supervisory special agent at the IRS who's prepared to tell Congress the investigation he's been working on has been hampered by what he thinks is special treatment. Typical steps that a law enforcement investigator would take were compromised because of political considerations. Lytle wouldn't talk in specifics, declining to identify either his client or the target of the investigation his client helped conduct. Can you identify him? I can't at this stage, Jim. But CBS News has learned the investigation the whistleblower worked on is about Hunter Biden. What we're doing is is being completely cooperative. That was Biden two years ago, after the DOJ opened an investigation into his finances. The FBI collected what it believed was sufficient evidence to charge Biden with tax crimes, and last year sent its findings to the U.S. attorney in Delaware. Since then, silence. Now, that's very interesting. I see there's a lot of information to convey. CBS News was able to confirm that the letter was about Hunter Biden and the Hunter Biden investigation and get 
an interview, a sit-down interview, not a man on the street running down, chasing him down, interview with the whistleblower's attorney. All of which is, you know, that means that he's available. That means if ABC had called or NBC had called, he likely would have granted them 10 minutes too. He wouldn't have said a whole lot because he is in a position he can't say a whole lot, but he would have been on camera. There is all the elements of a seriously reportable news story. If CBS and CNN could confirm the authenticity of the letter, well, they got the letter, but to confirm that it was uh, about Hunter Biden, you would think they would be interested in that sort of information. But instead, you get stories about whales and uh, a parking garage collapse. And I bet, I, I know, I know the people who work there would just be going, it's not biased. There's, just, it, there's nothing to this story. There's nothing to report. Yet they'll report breathlessly about a crime that was made a felony about Donald Trump. And they'll report approvingly. Crime that was made a felony by Donald Trump, allegedly, because it was in commission or an attempt to cover up another felony, which the prosecutor won't name because he says he doesn't have to. You've committed another crime, and in the act of committing this that crime, which we're not charging you with, you committed this other bookkeeping crime, and we're going to nail your butt to the... Which crime? I'm not going to tell you. That one, they'll report on breathlessly that E. Jean Carroll claimed to have been raped by Donald Trump at some point in the 90s, somewhere in like a three-year window in the 90s, in the dressing room of a department store because who doesn't hang out in department stores and then run into Donald Trump in department stores and somehow go into a dressing room with Donald Trump in a department store and blah, 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 and then make casual jokes about how you never filed charges against him in criminal because the barrier for proof is different. But it was because of the rape that was going on at the border and it would have just seemed cheapening to do that. That's E. Jean Carroll talking to Anderson Cooper. They found all sorts of time for all of that, they will find even more to hell. They'll make time for all of that. But anything that even sus hints at Hunter Biden, Joe Biden corruption, they ain't got time for that. God, it's good to be a Democrat. So while all the networks are not covering, it's amazing. Well, I guess I got to give props to CBS. CBS actually covered the story. But on other things, they are not interested or they have taken up a uh, a contrary opinion. Let's talk about something that, as a father of daughters, as a brother of sisters, as a husband of a wife, that uh, is very, we talk about it a lot because it's where the Democrats are as a species, as a party. It is now... A big mystery what a woman is. Nobody knows. Anybody could, who could figure it out, who could guess. And Republicans are pushing a bill in Congress. Now, personally, I know this isn't going to go anywhere because it's not going to go anywhere in the Senate. But let's be honest. It should not be controversial to have a ban on look, nobody, a transgender women, men, playing in women's sports. The data is pretty unambiguous about the, the idea, the reality, the biological reality of how uh, men and women differ. Just how the world works. I didn't make it up 
take it up with God. Also then ask him why it is that suddenly so many people are pretending to be opposite genders and you might come across a trend. But Republicans have introduced a bill to ban women or men and women's sports. Simultaneously, they have, well, Democrats have introduced, the Biden administration has introduced regulations to make it, it's not a crime, but to block school districts, to punish, I guess would be the better way to put it, to punish school districts across the country, possibly yours. If you live in a conservative area, probably yours, to punish school districts who say, nope, you have to be a biological girl to play girls' sports and a biological boy to play boys' sports. This is, and by the way, the punishment is you're going to lose a whole bunch of federal funding. Now, I would love it if, because this would be a backdoor way to get the federal government out of education. It's kind of funny that the Democrats say, no, we need more funding for education, more money for education, more money for teachers, and more money for education. Keep shoveling money in education, money in education, money in education, money. And then when it comes to sports, what do they say? Well, if you don't allow boys to shower with girls, to change with girls, to play with girls, and to dominate girls, quite frankly, you will then lose money. Like, what do you mean you're going to lose money? You just told us the key to good education, which should be the purpose of an education, is to, uh, or the, the, the only way, the pathway to a good education is more money. And you're going to take money away because we won't bow down to your left-wing agenda? Doesn't that seem a bit odd? Should seem a bit odd to everybody because it's, well, it's a bit odd. So they are uh, proposing that and the Republicans in the House are drawing attention to it. I don't know how much... I don't think that the president can do this through executive order. I think he'd lose in court because Title IX is about women. And without legislation changing the wording, you can't just arbitrarily decide that women means something else in Title IX. But I also don't think that Republicans have much of a case either to for the case that they're trying to make because education is a state issue, state and local issue. But it tells you something about the priorities of the parties. If you're the father of daughters or a uh, brother of sisters, you will be looking at a political party that says it doesn't matter that men are physically stronger than women, that we have to punish them, that people can get hurt, and it doesn't matter. Think in boxing. A woman, a man pretending to be a woman, doesn't hold back. Remember the, the trans woman who broke the eye socket of the the woman in the MMA fight. There aren't very many trans men going into boxing. It's weird, isn't it? You would think if, if gender is just a social construct, then it would be so. There would be just as many, or at least some, maybe one. The thing is, though, if a man were going in to fight a trans man or a woman, First of all, would he take the fight? He'd have to take, be forced to take the fight, I suspect, because we men, rightly so, are conditioned. You don't hit a woman. You don't hit a woman under any circumstances. It doesn't matter that she's wearing a cup and doesn't need it. It doesn't matter if she changed her name to uh, Jonathan from Jenny. It doesn't matter. You don't hit a woman. So at a minimum, you pull your punches if you're forced to do that. It, would, it perverts the sport. 
Well, I got a clip here from a, a girl named Peyton McNabb. I believe she's a high school senior in, yeah, she is, in North Carolina. Peyton McNabb was a softball player, still is a softball player. Not according to her. I don't know how to verify this. Not as good as she once was. But she was also a volleyball player. You can find the video out there on social media if you just put in Peyton McNabb volleyball. She was playing, her team was playing against a team with a boy on the other team. And the boy had a ponytail, so it was totally a girl. Absolutely a girl. Why, just putting a ponytail on makes you a girl if you declare it to be, according to the left. Well, the boy on the other team jumps up and spikes the ball and hit Peyton McNabb in the face. Gave her concussion, gave her all sorts of damage, dizziness. Uh, She'll explain it in the clip. But she goes down. She's out. The The... Boys spike the ball a hell of a lot harder than girls. Watch girls volleyball. Watch boys volleyball. See how the differences are with your own eyes. She still hasn't fully recovered. It's dangerous. It is a danger to real girls to have men out there. And by the way, she wasn't going up to to block the spike. She was a good 10 feet back or at least 5 feet back from the net. The ball just came at her so hard. She wasn't even, I don't even think she was in the front row. I think she might have been in the back row. It hit her in the face and she went down. It was hit that hard. She was up on Capitol Hill yesterday talking about her experience. Now, what you're about to hear is is her story and there's video to back it up. And uh, I'm sure it was vetted because if it were not vetted, the left would have pounced all over it and tried to destroy Peyton McNabb. But this is what Democrats want for for your daughters and granddaughters. Hi, uh, my name is Peyton McNabb. I'm a senior at Hawassi Dam High School in Murphy, North Carolina. Um, due to the North Carolina High School Athletic Association policy allowing biological males to compete against biological females, my life has forever been changed. On September 1st, 2022, I was severely injured in a high school volleyball game by a transgender athlete on the opposing team. I suffered from a concussion and neck injury that to this day I'm still recovering from. Other injuries I still suffer from today include impaired vision, partial paralysis on my right side, constant headaches, as well as anxiety and depression. I was unable to play the rest of my last volleyball season, and although I'm currently playing softball, I'm not able to perform as well as I know I have in the past because of the injury. My ability to learn, retain, comprehend has also been impaired and I require accommodations at school for testing because of this. I could go on and on about how this incident has affected my life, but I'm not here for that because I'm not here for me. Because for me, I know that my time playing is coming to an end. I'm here for every biological female athlete behind me my little sister, my cousins, my teammates. Allowing biological males to compete against biological females is dangerous. I may be the first to come before you with an injury, but if this doesn't pass, I won't be the last. The North Carolina High School Athletic Association policy states that it allows participation in interscholastic athletics for all students, regardless of gender or gender identification. 
It is the intent that all students are able to compete on a level playing field in a safe, competitive, and friendly environment, free of discrimination. Clearly, that does not include biological female athletes. My ability to compete was taken from me. So right there, that's what's being voted on the House. That's what the President of the United States has said he will veto. The White House has said that Joe Biden will veto it. They are more interested in protecting the rarity than dealing with reality. That's, I think, the best way anybody could think to put it. They're more interested in protecting the rarity than the reality. Why? Because they say, well, your choices are simple. You either embrace, everybody gets involved in the the lie that uh, little Johnny is actually a girl, or Johnny's going to kill himself. Maybe snap, too, because there's been a whole series of people snapping lately. Um. Shouldn't you deal with the... Look, if you want to live however you want to live, I couldn't care less. You want me to live how you want me to live, I have a problem. You can be as delusional as you want. You want to force me to participate in your delusion. You lose me, and you lose me forever. And the pushback gets uh, more severe, more harsh, rhetorically, when your insistence goes up. There comes a point where I don't really care. If you're so fragile or if you think people are so fragile that the reaction of other people around them is going to push them over the edge, then those people need help. They don't need every... every, You imagine you got some friend who like wildly flies off the handle violently if you, whatever, you say the wrong thing, whatever it is. Don't talk about his dog freaks him out he lost the dog you'll kill everybody in the room and you mentioned somebody mentions a dog and every time somebody mentions a dog any dog not just his dog but any dog he walks up to him and he beats the hell out of him now wouldn't you would you tell everybody would you run along and be the leaders look don't tell don't don't mention dogs all right in fact don't mention anything with with uh, with four legs just to be safe you can talk about one to uh, a thousand legs but just skip four legs just to be safe or would you say look this dude needs some help all right you need to get professional help to figure out what the hell's wrong with you and if you refuse to get that professional help i'll help you get that professional help i'll support you in getting that professional help i'll cheer you uh, whatever but if you don't i'm not going to be around you and by the way it used to be that professional help would be to stop that person from beating the hell out of everybody <laughs> at the mention of any kind of dog right Find out why he's doing Instead, now the so-called professional help is what? The professional help is to say, you know what? You're right to beat the hell out of anybody who mentions a quadruped. It's just one of those things about nature. Little babies. You're right to go up and kick babies as they learn to crawl, as they're all on all fours, because they are. They share characteristics with dogs. And uh, you're right to do that. And by the way, bring everybody you know in here. Because I'm going to tell them that they have to embrace this or else you're going to do something even more severe. That's insanity. That would be frowned upon and it absolutely positively should be frowned upon. But that's the essence of transgenderism. You have to be delu- pretend to be delusional in order to not upset the person who is delusional. Period. End of story. It's sick. It's very sick. Okay, so I we got the situation with 
athletes, but it's more than just athletes. There's a huge creation. There's a huge increase in the number of people declaring themselves to be trans, particularly girls. It is weird. There was some survey the other day I saw somewhere in the neighborhood of, what is it, uh, 60% of like high school age girls have declared themselves to be bisexual, which would be biologically impossible. It's realistically impossible. It's just, it's the trendy thing to do. You need to find a way to make yourself a part of a victim group. And there are people out there who will desperately try to embrace your declaration no matter how you know unserious it was you don't know you probably you know 12 years old what the hell do you know 10 years old what the hell do you know but there's a status in it kids see that other kids get attention parents see that other parents get attention and they get book deals they get television shows they get all sorts of things they get the elevated status which is really bizarre and messed up Let's see. Associated Press. North Dakota's Republican Governor Doug Burgum signed a bill that restricts transgender health care in state, immediately making it a crime to give gender-affirming care to people younger than 18. This is the Associated Press. Notice they've adopted the language of the uh, radical left. Of the transgender moth. Oh, uh, gender-affirming care. You mean lopping off of body parts? You mean lopping off of body That's gender-affirming care? Describe to me what it feels like to be a woman. If you're, if you're a man who insists that you're a woman, describe to me what it's like. How is it? How do, how do you know? Because you don't have a damn clue what it feels like to be anybody else you just feel awkward you're in a weird stage in life whatever hmm but they never give you a uh, an answer they never give you anything they don't have to but every once in a while they accidentally give you a peek behind the curtain and that brings us to the case of Jazz Jennings now if you don't know what a Jazz Jennings is you're not alone Jazz Jennings is a transgender activist who had, and I think probably still has, a radio show. Or not a radio show, a uh, a TV show on one of the networks. Who the hell knows? It doesn't matter. Called I Am Jazz. Let's see. There's I Am Jazz and Being Jazz. What is the network here? It doesn't say. TLC. The Learning Channel. Isn't that nice? Here's just a little bit about Jazz Jennings. So you you know what we're dealing with here. This is from Wikipedia. Jazz Jennings, born October 6, 2000, is an American YouTube personality, spokesmodel, television personality, and LGBT rights activist. Jennings is one of the youngest publicly documented people to be identified as transgendered, receiving national attention in two thousand in a two thousand seven in two thousand seven when an interview with Barbara Walters aired on twenty twenty, which led to other high profile uh, interviews and appearances. Two thousand seven, born in two thousand, transgender at seven, a pioneer, 
really. Did you know? Could you name the months of the year at age seven? Christine Connolly, a member of the board of directors of the Boston Alliance for Gay, Lesbian, Bisexual, and Transgender Youth, stated, quote, she was the first young person who picked up the national spotlight, went on TV, and was able to articulate her perspective and point of view with such innocence. Isn't that kind of the problem? End quote. Her parents noted that Jennings was clear on being female as soon as she could speak. Yeah. What is that? One and a half, two? Somewhere in there? As soon as she's, uh, no, hey, wait a second. What's this penis thing? I'm not, I don't, okay, what's a penis? What's a boy? What's a girl? The parent part will come in play in a second. Jennings is an honorary co-founder. How the hell are you an honorary co-founder? You're either a co-founder or you're not. You can give other honorary titles. You're an honorary co-founder. Like, I didn't found... I'm going to get a job at McDonald's where, uh, after a while, I'm going to become an honorary co-founder along with, co-founder along with Ray Kroc. No. It's a Kroc. Honorary co-founder of the Trans Kids Purple Rainbow Foundation, which her parents founded in 2007 to assist transgender youth. Ah, money train keeps on rolling. In 2013, she founded Purple Rainbow Trails, a company in which she fashions rubber made tails, what? Rubber mermaid tails to raise money for transgender children. Lots of money rolling around there. Wonder what the breakdown is between the money they take in and the money they send out. Hmm. Uh, Jennings hosts a series of YouTube videos about her life titled I Am Jazz. She stars in the TLC reality series I Am Jazz, which premiered in 2015 and focused on her daily life with her family and the challenges she faced, faces as a transgender person. See, but the problem is she keeps getting older and older. And what's sad is there's a, there's a section on her career, on the career. You know, there's heading uh, early life and education. Kid's 22 years old, but early life and education. And then career. At six years old, Jennings and her family began appearing on television to speak about the challenges of growing up transgender. See, if there is no industry that you're interested in, invent it. Take a lesson from the Jennings clan. Uh, then personal life. In 2012, what is that, uh, five years after coming out as trans, Jennings discussed her sexual orientation with Barbara Walters. She's got more Barbara Walters interviews than most presidents have. During her 2020 interview, she said she was romantically attracted to boys and that she harbored some apprehension about dating because of her transgender identity. In a Q&A YouTube, a video on her YouTube channel, because you can't monetize it if it's on somebody else's YouTube channel, in July 2012, Jennings said she was pansexual and that she loved people for their personality, regardless of their sexual orientation and gender. Now, in 2014, she was 14 years old. Probably she was born in October, so probably 13 in 2013, Jennings publicly discussed her wish to become a mother in the future. Hmm. In an interview published April 11th, 2018, issue of People, how many profiles of, in People magazine have you had? 
Jennings said that her surgeon's instruction uh, said per her surgeon's instructions that she had lost 30 pounds in order to have gender reassignment surgery, which was scheduled for June 20th, 2018. 2018. Jazz Jennings was born in October of 2020. That means that Jazz Jennings was surgically and permanently altered uh, at 17. The surgery was successful. It depends but was followed by complications that required another procedure because that's just how nature is, right? Isn't that? Nature somehow forgets some sponges or uh, gets an infection when you just exist. The surgery was performed by Dr. Testing and Dr. Marcy Bowers. Jennings said that she struggles with mental illness and weight gain. Oh, man, it almost seems as though there might have been some mental illness issues. But hey, what are you going to do? I thought I thought that the gender-affirming care that Jazz was receiving was supposed to be the cure for what ails you on most things. Hmm? In an Instagram post, Jennings says she has a binge eating disorder. After her acceptance to Harvard, Jennings began to binge eating, gaining nearly 100 pounds, which caused her to delay her entry into college. She has said that her family has fat-shamed her. That's funny. Uh, they're... They're not going to try and explore the reasons why, you know, maybe the genital mutilation surgery. No, we don't want to go down that road. That's the moneymaker. But it makes it hard to make money if you're fat because nobody wants to watch fat people on TV, honey. So how about you eat a carrot instead? It's messed up. You feel bad for this kid because this kid has seemingly been um, encouraged at a very young age. And that brings us to this clip from, I believe it's from the reality show. I'm surprised that they let this go out, the I Am Jazz. I'm surprised they let this go out. Why? Now, it's, it's, it's clinical. It's graphic in a clinical sense. It's not super graphic. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to overplay the, the sensitivity just in case you're really, really sensitive. But you can turn the radio down for a second or just be prepared for it. But it is... It sure sounds like maybe jazz is moving on, not to the point of regret. Maybe never will get to the point of regret. I mean, once you've, once you've pot committed to this thing, you're kind of stuck. But um, when an outie becomes an innie, there's the possibility, the, the, the actual reality that holes punched in your body will close up if you've been cut it heals if you've had your ears pierced and then you don't wear earrings for however long depends on how long your ears have been pierced and you've been wearing earrings but if you take your earrings out and you don't put earrings back in and you just leave it your ear holes will close up the body nature that stubborn thing reverts back to what it's supposed to be. Nature reverts back to nature. So holes close up to prevent you don't if you just paid $150,000 to create a hole. You don't want it to close up because you'll have to pony up another buttload of money to get that hole opened back up again, right? 
So you have to do what is called dilating, I guess, which it, it, it's explained in this case a little bit. It's what you'd imagine it would be. It's like putting an earring in your earring pierced ears because you don't want the hole to close. Now, if you genuinely believe that you are a woman, even though you were born a boy and you went through this whole procedure that was wildly unpleasant that required several other procedures because something went wrong, would you think that you would need reminding that you have to do this procedure, this this thing at home? Wouldn't you think that you would you wouldn't need reminding? You got it. Like, look, this is this is a huge part of my identity. It is how you know sex will happen. It is everything that it's a huge part of my identity somehow. Because you could have lived however you wanted to without the surgery. You didn't have to surgically mutilate yourself, but you did it. You went through all of that. If you really believed in it, it's not that you. You probably wouldn't enjoy it. You probably wouldn't go, all right, yeah, yeah, I get to do this. Because you have to do it every single day because it will close up quickly. But you would do it so that you can continue to be what you believe to be a woman. Well, Jazz's mom is a little bit concerned that maybe Jazz isn't all that serious about it. Now, I don't know. You can assign your own belief system as to why you think Jazz's mom might be concerned. It could be medical. It could be professional. It could be because they've got a bunch of reality shows and reality money based on this. But Jazz is now 22 years old. Uh, mom doesn't have a whole lot of control anymore. But this is wildly disturbing stuff. If you just listen to it and take her at her word, the mother here. Listen to this. You've been warned. It's not gross. Well, it's a little gross, but it's not It's not graphic in like a, a sexual way. It's graphic in a clinical way. With her, I'm worried about like her mental well-being and her dilation. The minute she leaves my house, we have a dilation problem. That is a concern. When you don't have that watchful eye, they tend to go back to old patterns. I have woken Jazz out of a dead sleep and taken the dilator and put the lubrication on it and said, here, you take this and you put it in your vagina. If not, I will. But Jazz is bad, even when I'm home once a day. I would be so mad if she goes away to college and that thing seals up. I would wring her neck. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I would wring her neck. Now, this, I assume this is a couple years old. But the quote in there, the mothers, the three mothers, I believe, of trans kids walking around, sitting there having their lunch for the cameras and having this conversation. And every once in a while, in unguarded moments, you speak the truth, if only accidentally. And the one that says, when you don't have a watchful eye, when you don't have that watchful eye, they tend to go back to old patterns. What the hell does that mean? Does that mean when you aren't, there incur making sure look what are you putting on pants for put on a dress what do you what do you you mean you're going to go play baseball no 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 play with the barbie uh what do you mean you're going to do this that or the other thing you've got to remember you're a girl act like a young lady that watchful eye if something so important as making sure that the end result and the purpose 
of your very expensive, very invasive, presumably wildly painful surgical procedure is not wasted, is not for naught. If you might skip that because whatever, because you revert back to old habits and you know the old habit being you're, you're a boy because you were born a boy. Maybe there's something else going on here. Especially as I'm really worried about her physical and her mental health. Mental health. Why would you be worried about Jazz's mental health? Shouldn't you the time for worrying about Jazz's mental health be before you surgically altered your child? This is what the Biden administration, this is what the entirety of the Democratic Party embraces. This is what, one day they woke up and they just said, we no longer collectively know what a woman is. No idea. That, that bit of information in our brain is gone and gone forever. We got no clue. Oopsie. It could be anything. And therefore, the tiny rounding air percentage of people who may or may not actually be transgender, but used to insist they were, now it's gone up because it's very popular. It's easy to claim, impossible to disprove, and doesn't require any action on behalf of that person. We must make everybody else bow to their whims. Do you think they give a damn about these people? No, they don't give a damn about these people. They want the ability to tell me, you, and everybody else what we must do. If you can force people to play along with a man is a woman and a woman is a man because of societal pressure or fear or whatever, you can get them to do damn near anything. So it's very disturbing what Democrats are doing now, but it's wildly concerning what they would do if they win on this one if they can force people to do this what are they really working towards what do they want to force people to do next or after that by the way there is a uh, there's a new study out published april 14th on the transgender issue current concerns about gender affirming therapy in adolescence it is from the uh, current sexual health reports journal it's it's not getting a lot of publicity because why because that's well, not helpful. Under recent findings, it says, quote, uh, systemic reviews of evidence conducted by public health authorities in Finland, Sweden, and England concluded that the risk-slash-benefit ratio of youth gender transition ranges from unknown to unfavorable. As a result, there has been a shift from gender-affirmative care which provides or prioritizes access to medical interventions to a more conservative approach that addresses psychiatric comorbidities and psychotherapeutically explores the developmental etiology of the trans identity. Debate about the safety and efficacy of gender-affirming care in the U.S. is only recently emerging. Meaning other parts of the world, Europe, the left is always telling us we've got to be more like Europe, we've got to be more like Europe. They've been pumping the brakes on this stuff for a very long time with kids. With kids. And you know what they find? They find that kids grow out of it. Not all kids, obviously, but the vast majority of kids grow out of it, especially when it's not indulged, when it's not embraced, when they are not receiving, quote, gender-affirming care, when they're not getting shots and pills and surgeries and consultations and they're around adults and they feel super special. You're different than everybody else, just like everybody else. They're finding that it goes away, that people grow out of it. Maybe that's what happens with Jazz Jennings, I don't know. 
But if it does happen with Jazz Jennings, it's too late. The cuts have been made. That's horrible. That's why you need to put the brakes, or politicians need to put the brakes on this crap before it's too late, because it will be too late very soon. If there's one thing that the left loves, it is victim status, be trans, be whatever. So here in Maryland, July 1st, the headline from the Baltimore Sun. As July 1st looms, Maryland lawmakers and advocates push for a more diverse recreational cannabis industry. Because <laughs> that's important. But this is the world that we live in. It's, uh, you know, your weed, you gotta, you gotta allow certain people of this one and that one to sell. How about you just let anybody sell it? Let it be a free-for-all. Let it be unbridled capital. They don't like unbridled capitalism. Growing up in Whitelock and working for a business professor at Coppin State, Tamira Lucas often watches people in her community get shut out of opportunity. See, there's right there the application of critical race theory. Always sees people in her community, meaning black people. Not It has no geographic location. It's skin color. Community used to be geography. Now it is ethnicity now it's irrelevant characteristics but because that that allows people to make victims out of it now she's in college presumably or graduate of college but she's being shut out of opportunities there are people who will never get into college because of the poor education system they grew up in but uh, they are not victims if they are of the wrong skin color it was no different when it came to speaking shut out of opportunities. It was no different when it came to Maryland's medical marijuana rollout in 2017. Coffin State is situated in West Baltimore, which is currently devoid of dispensaries. Oh, no. You can't get drugs in West Baltimore? Uh, quote, I don't think that HBCUs were even thought of and how we could actually leverage what we already had in place to be able to impact our communities, Lucas said. If you're bringing new opportunities that a lot of community members are probably interested in getting into, we are going to solve a lot of economic problems in our community and probably break a lot of generational poverty. It's a lot of mentions of the word community incorrectly when talking about race. But you can't just say a lot of race, a lot of people with my skin color. You can't do that. They need to pretend that it's about something deeper. After weeks of hashing out the details of the potentially multi-billion dollar recreational cannabis industry, lawmakers sent the final version of House Bill 556 to Democratic Governor Wes Moore's desk April 10th. The bill includes funding in the form of grants for historically black colleges and universities like Coppin to be used for, quote, cannabis-related programs and business development organizations, including incubators. The HBCUs are going into the weed business, ladies and gentlemen. Don't you feel good about that? Isn't that wonderful? There's my belief about HBCUs are really literally any you, any university. If you cannot survive on your own, you should not survive as a business. Period. End of story. Yeah, there are rough patches and whatever. But if you constantly need influxes of cash, there isn't enough demand for your services. How do you either hired too many people? Maybe you, you look at how many people you got on staff. 
Maybe you look at uh, increasing the number of students, whatever it is. Somehow other universities manage to stay in business without going bankrupt or suckling on the government teat to stay in business. But no. I'm going to go into the weed business. The bill includes funding in the form of grants for historically backed colleges and universities like Coppin to be used for cannabis-related programs and business development, including incubators. The Coppin State professors could build that training into their classes, Lucas said. What are you majoring in? I'm majoring in psychology. What about you? I'm majoring in selling weed. Well, you know, I know a couple guys who did that, apparently part of a co-op thing, while they were in high school. <laughs> Having incubators on campus could allow people to take a cross-disciplinary approach to studying cannabis. Lucas said before the cannabis industry is already saturated, it's important for those new to the market, especially minorities, especially, it's always especially, especially minorities, to think of other paths rather than just growing it or owning a dispensary. Well, okay, you guys, go ahead and study that. I'd love to own a dispensary, have that cash rolling in, or being able to farm it and sell it and have that cash rolling in. But uh, a guy who looks like me, as evil as my pigment is, I wouldn't get that opportunity in this day. I'm not politically connected, nor am I diverse. I love when people say, as a diverse individual. Well, uh, by the very definition, it's impossible. It's literally impossible for one of anything to be diverse. But that's not how they mean it. They're butchering the, the language in ways you could not possibly imagine. The HBCU funding is just one of the ways lawmakers are attempting to ensure that recreational cannabis industry is more diverse than the medical market, which is largely left out black Baltimoreans. <sighs> Quote, I would like to see equal representation versus the medical marijuana program, which was a huge disappointment. Delegate C.T. Wilson, a Democrat who represents Charles County and introduced the House bill, said, quote, I've never seen a state get the equity part right. I believe that we have the best opportunity to do it right here with this bill in Maryland. The equity part, equity is about the outcome. It's the finish line. It's not the starting line. It's not the race. You can start off wherever you want, wherever you happen to be. You can run whatever, as long as the finish line. If you start out too far or your racetrack is too smooth by as determined by people who don't know you and don't really care, they'll throw some nails down there. They'll throw some loose rocks down there, some gravel. They'll try and turn an ankle so that you don't finish ahead of time. But other people, they'll send an Uber to pick them up and drive over there. The problem is... You've got to actually have the discipline, the education. The education is key to be able to run these things. You don't get, yeah, it's basic math to a certain degree, but it's also not. It's compliance. It is accounting, not counting, but accounting. Products of, say, the Baltimore City school system, Say you went to one of the 22 schools where not a single student could do basic math at their grade level. Do you think recent students from there who went on to probably even worse high school, do you think that they're ready to come in and get these 
dispensary licenses? Do you think they'd be ready to run a business? The answer is no, because you have to have the education, the foundation of a good education. And in Maryland, as in most places controlled exclusively by Democrats, it is not the case. That is not remotely the case. So you give people, here's your license. And you, you don't comply. You end up breaking the law. You either lose your business because you are sued to death by the state or you, you break the law to the point that they actually prosecute you. It's rare, but it would be a nonviolent offense, so they might go after you. It's a complete screwed up thing, and it's largely because of the education system that you were given, the very same people who complain about it. So what ends up happening? The people, and it costs money, by the way, even if they give grants and whatever, and here's money to help people get these licenses, what have you. You have to have the wherewithal to dot all the I's and cross all the T's. You have to hire a lawyer. It will cost. There's nobody who just walks into it, wake up one morning in a row house in a rundown area and the government's knocking at the door saying, hey, here is a business. Here's the startup capital for it. But you, you won. Your name was pulled from the hat. You win. It doesn't work that way. The people who will end up getting the licenses, even if they're favored based on race, as this story in the Baltimore Sun and the left would absolutely favor being, are going to be what? They're going to be people who have the education. They're probably not going to be public education students from Baltimore. They'd be Maybe they grew up in Baltimore, but they likely went to private school. A little bit of money there. Or they grew up in the suburbs. But because, you know, they, you sit there and you think and they try to paint this picture of, well, we need to help poor Baltimoreans with this. This is what we need to do. They won't be. It won't be poor Baltimoreans. Where are poor Baltimoreans who have not been taught to read or do basic math going to get the startup capital to sign a lease for commercial property, for one thing? Where are they going to do that? Where are they going to get that? It's not going to happen. It's not there. It's not easy to do. It will be children of privilege. But, see, the left has not does not talk about privilege in the way that a normal person would talk about privilege because privilege would be, you know, your upbringing. Rich families have some privilege. It's not a deciding factor, and I don't begrudge them that. Provide your children with the best life possible. But the left is the one who set these standards. They will look at a poor white kid and go, you've got it too easy. Whereas they'll look at a rich black kid and go, you've been oppressed. Let us help you. Because they are in a better position to do what? To take advantage of these situations. They just are. They will have the ability to afford lawyers. They will have the ability to put down first and last month's rent on commercial property or will have family members who own the commercial property or friends that own the commercial property. They are more likely to roll in circles where you would meet with city council members and state legislators, et cetera, et cetera, and regulators, or at least people who have the ears of regulators and the people who will ultimately decide who gets to have the licenses and sell them. So you could say, well, we've got 40% minority ownership of these dispensaries or 60% or whatever the hell it is. It's not about that. Okay, if it's everybody in you know Potomac, Maryland, if everybody's in Potomac, Maryland, but they happen to be black and they're living in a mansion in Potomac, 
Were they really all that a president horrible? You just know you've given government favor to people who were born on third base and have been trained by the progressive powers that be to believe they hit a triple. So you watch this story unfold and you go, this is insane. What is wrong with... Why, why does the left not ever want to make it about income? If you really want to make it about privilege, that's class or whatever word you want to label you want to slap on it. Because there are more poor white people in the country than there are poor anybody else. A lot of poor white people in the country. And it upsets the narrative. The Democrats' narrative, they don't, they can't motivate people as easily by income, by money, as they can by race. Why? Because there are some people of all different colors who don't have a lot of money, but they also look at the inherent unfairness of taking what somebody else has earned and spreading it around, usually so bureaucrats and politicians can get their beaks wet in the process. So they look at that and they don't fall for it. It's, it's too big of a failure rate. Most people recognize it, and perhaps falsely, there's this belief that if you say, we've got to tax millionaires, most, a lot of people don't like that, even who aren't millionaires. And they, the left had a hard time figuring this out, and it's because... And this is why they've really started to hammer the race thing. It is because people genuinely believe that they too can go ahead and get to a point in their lives where they will earn millions of dollars, that they will become filthy rich. Or at least they want to continue to have the prospect, the possibility dangling out there. And so they don't resent those people. And they don't want to punish those people because they want to be those people. And you don't get to be those people by taking from those people, by punishing those people. So the left had to scrap the envy as best they could. They still play it a little bit, but they don't play it nearly as much as they used to. And not to the effect that they used to, especially now that they are largely funded by incredibly filthy rich liberals. We're the party. We're the party of blue collar guys. Now, shut up, you racist, transphobe, blue collar guy. Who, uh, whatever. Like, wait a second. They've they've chosen their lot. They are now taking the billionaires' money because it's easier to do it, and they're advancing the social justice. Let's empty all the prisons agenda, which isn't wildly popular with people. But if they couch it based on race instead of income, they can say, oh, it's an injustice. We're fighting injustice. And that's what they do. That's where they come from. And they can create a world where minorities are put upon in Baltimore. Okay, well, if minorities are put upon by Baltimore or put upon in Maryland, it's by Democrats. It's by Democrats. There's no... Roving band of there's no Republican stronghold. The closest thing we have in Maryland to a Republican stronghold is Andy Harris's district. That's it. There's no Republican stronghold where horrible, horrible monsters are keeping minorities down. It's not. There isn't a Republican who has come close to sniffing the throne of power in generations in the city of Baltimore. You can't blame 
the education system in Baltimore and Republicans anywhere. I'm sure you you dig you have enough long enough conversation with a Democrat somewhere along the line. They go, well, it really started in the Reagan administration when. And you go, what are you talking about? And they'll have some sort of twisted logical explanation that really makes no sense if you think about it. But they'll they'll find a way to try and blame. Bill Bennett, when he was Secretary of Education, blah, 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 blah. They were trying to cut. They were trying to eliminate the Department of Education. Yeah, but they didn't. The Department of Education has gotten more money every single year. So it's not the Department of Education. Nah, but Reagan, he didn't. He particularly wanted to harm minority cities. How? Well, because he was a racist. What are you basing that on? He was a Republican and he tried to cut out he tried to eliminate the department of education yeah but he, he didn't succeed yeah but still what bureaucrats who are liberal and by nature decided to act as though the president they hated had achieved a goal they opposed anyway even though the money for that department increased every year regardless right is that what you're trying to say and then they'll probably just go well you're obviously a racist and walk away from you but you just introduce a, a spoonful of logic into a cesspool of progressivism and uh, they don't know what to do with it they can't defend it it is <laughs> they are it's their kryptonite it really truly is since we're talking about leftists being delusional when it comes to everything and making everything about victimhood and loving it i want to play this clip from aoc because it's something to behold she literally gets everything wrong in it you know, it's an interview with Comedy Central. So it's an alleged comedian interviewing a joke. You know, I don't know why the, uh, when comedy became just politics, but now it, it is just, it's not even like, well, there's always been politics and comedy and there's always been comedy and politics. Yeah, of course there has been. But there was always comedy in comedy, first and foremost. And now there isn't. When I played you the, uh, the non-binary cast member of SNL the first time, you know, the other day on Monday or whatever it was, just lecturing the audience about, well, trans rights, trans rights, our children's rights, you got to watch out for the children. Like, just, there was nothing, literally nothing funny about that bit. It was just a lefty taking an opportunity. There were no laugh lines there were applause lines and it was applause lines where if you're leftist you clap like a barking seal and if you're not you clap like a barking seal anyway because you wouldn't want to be discovered and shamed somebody stands up and accuses you of being a witch goody proctor is a witch you stand up and you point at you in the crowd so you everybody just kind of applauds it's it's insane well that's all of comedy comedy central the aoc interview on the daily show you're a joke you're a par you're supposed to be a parody now you're a parody of what you used to be because you're now trying to do news and standing in the hallway of the house office buildings aoc decides that they needed to fund everything ex uh, everything good or that they say that government is defunding everything good but police now i don't know where this world is, where these budget cuts are happening. But it sounds lovely. It sounds like a place that doesn't have $33 trillion in debt and honestly no end in sight to the amount of debt they're racking up. 
It sounds like that. It, I, I don't know what planet that's on. It sure as hell isn't this one. With her, I'm worried about like her mental well-being and her dilation. The minute she leaves my house, we have a dilation problem. That is a concern. We you don't have that watchful eye. They tend to go back to old patterns. I have woken Jazz out of a dead sleep and taken the dilator and put the lubrication on it and said, here, you take this and you put it in your vagina. If not, I will. But Jazz is bad, even when I'm home once a day. I would be so mad if she goes away to college and that thing seals up. I wring her neck. Can you imagine? No, I can't yeah, we care about not being killed. We care about not being robbed. We care about things not being destroyed. And oh, by the way, nothing is being defunded. And oh, by the way, the starting pay for a teacher, the master's degree in New York is about $9,000 more than the average pay of a cop. But hey, why would you bother talking about truth in any way, shape, or form? And also, you know, you don't have to do any of these jobs. You can always get a different job if that's your motivation. I love how the left always acts as though if we somehow pay teachers more, they'll do their jobs better. Okay, maybe there's a little bit of that, but not in general. These surgeons, like we have agreed, we're going to pay a thousand dollars for this procedure. All right, I'm just going to lop it off. I don't know. It's going to be a horrible, hideous scar. It's probably going to bleed for long. It's more than likely going to get infected. Oh wait, you're going to pay me five grand now. Well, then I will wash my hands before we do the surgery. I'll give you some anesthetic. I will take great care to make sure that there is no scarring and whatever, and we'll make sure that we sterilize everything as to the best of anybody's ability, and we'll make sure you're all right. That's not how it should work. It's not how it does work, right? Does a surgeon go into surgery? Does your mechanic go into What did they agree to pay for this fix? That's not very much. All right, find the, uh, Find the good enough tires out there, not the new ones, but the good enough ones. It's the same price, but I mean, if they're going to be jerks about it, or if they're going to pay less, forget it. Let's just screw them over. It's not how the world works. Defunding pools. Where the hell is the federal government funding pools? Because I want to put a stop to that right now. And I promise you, the places where if there is any of this quote-unquote defunding of schools and whatnot, budgetary reasons making cuts... They would be in places like Baltimore, like Detroit, like Chicago, where Democrats have had generational control. Generational control, not just long-term control. Generational control. And they're the ones doing it. Not because of evil Republican policies that comes in and steals all the money from the city, but because they're chasing people out of these places. People are moving at record rates from blue states to red states, from blue areas in purple states to red areas in purple states. The crime has gotten, it's not just they're fleeing taxes. There were a lot of, you know, it's all the rich guys just fleeing taxes. Now it's everybody fleeing not only the taxes, but the regulations, the fees, and the crime, because the people in charge of enforcing the laws aren't doing it. And you have this massive exodus. Meanwhile, what do you have? You have an administration in Washington, D.C. You have an administration in your state capital. You have an administration everywhere, in city halls that don't give a damn about people. Instead, I want to play this clip of, this is Secretary of the uh, Interior, Deb Holland. She is the one who um, 
It's about three weeks ago. We played clips of her being uh, Congressman Ryan Zinke, who used to be the Secretary of the Interior, was questioning her about where the rare earth materials needed to build batteries for electric cars, where they come from and how they're mined, and she had no idea. Oh, they're from China. Okay, well, thank you for that information. And, uh, you know, they use a lot of slave and child labor to get these. Oh, oh, thank you for that information. Like, it's your damn job. You didn't know any of this. Instead, she, well, she, it, was, it was abundantly clear she didn't care. It's abund- you can point out all the economic damage that the so-called green cars do. You can say, oh, it's the batteries are going to ruin groundwater. They're going to whatever. They're horribly disastrous environmentally, not only when they're done, but when you make them to get the materials to make them. It's a disaster. It's a horrible. And they go, oh, yeah, but it's sure better than a gasoline powered car. And like, no, no. If you're talking about, you know, a 1958 jalopy using leaded gas, yeah, sure. But if you're dealing with relatively new cars, cars made in the catalytic converter age or or even newer, where you get incredible gas mileage and the emissions are uh, very minimal, the environmental damage is significantly higher in these so-called green cars. But they don't care. It's about what you can see. Aye, there's no exhaust coming from this. Okay, great. There's no exhaust. But in its wake, where the exhaust would normally come out of a regular car, in its wake, there are children's slaves, environmental decimation on a massive scale that you can't even possibly imagine. And in its headlights are more environmental damages. And also the electricity that you're plugged into is generated through coal. And you need more of that. Burning gasoline in a car is much cleaner than burning coal in a power plant. You won't let us do nuclear. We need to burn more coal in more power plants. Or you won't have enough. So you could have a really nice electric vehicle that you can't get enough power into your house through the grid to charge. All of these things are distinct probabilities. Not possibilities, probabilities. And the closer they get to implementing their draconian demands the closer and more uh, realized those probabilities are going to be so you get secretary deb holland up on capitol hill yesterday testifying and she you'll hear her she's talking about the type of the planet we're going to leave behind for the children the kids she starts now her she starts crying She is hyped, was hyped for the job. I don't know what her background was. I can't imagine it was particularly accomplished, one that you'd look at and go, oh, wow, I'm glad to have this person in there. This is finally somebody with some competence. No, not going to be the case. She was billed as, she'll be the first Native American cabinet member. She'll be the first Native American cabinet member. Oh, wow, really? Huh. So what? where does she come from? What is her... She was a member of the House of Representatives, okay? There's a lifelong Democrat activist, okay? That's, those are her accomplishments. 
her Wikipedia page. Uh, she's an American politician serving as the 54th Secretary of the Interior, member of the Democratic Party, has served the chair of the Demo New Mexico Democratic Party from 2015 to 2017, the U.S. representative from New Mexico's first congressional district from 2019 to 2021. Oh, that's the extent of her career. Holland is a Native American and an enrolled citizen in the Laguna Pueblo tribe. Hmm. Let's see. Early life and education and early political career. There doesn't seem to be a whole bunch of accomplishments other than she's the first person of this configuration to hold various positions. Huh. She earned her Juris Doctorate in Indian Law from the University of New Mexico School of Law. Well, that's not a... But she's not a member of the New Mexico Bar. Wow. You get a worthless degree, and then you don't even get the certification to use it. Holland became the first chairwoman elected to the Laguna Development Corporation Board of Directors, a Laguna-owned business created to strengthen the Laguna community and its economy. Wow, with somebody as genius as her, the, the Laguna tribe has to be doing ex just exemplary well, right? 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 Listen to this woman, so historic, giving testimony before Congress and start crying over climate change. Swear to God. I really do have to say that um, all of this is because climate change is the crisis of our lifetime. We have an obligation to future generations to make sure that we have a planet for them to live on. And that's why I'm here, and that's why I'm working incredibly hard to make sure that we can realize that transition, that we can have diff differing energy sources. We can't uh, continue to um, be a one-industry uh, country. This is going to leave the planet for children. We're, what, uh, past 150,000 various drop-dead dates already? But somehow, we're always on the cusp of something that never actually happens, right? I'll gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today, but it'll always be Monday in my mind. It's bizarre. But no, a grown adult, she's 62 years old, starts crying. I got it, do this, that, and the other. But she's historic, so forget the incompetence, forget the emotional instability. Focus on the history. Boy, howdy, is she historic. Speaking of historic, Karine Jean-Pierre. Wow, is there anybody more historic than this White House press secretary? I ask you, she checks three boxes. Three boxes. It's tough to it's tough to go for the quadfectra. She, she could be, I suppose, she could be trans as well. She'd get it, but she's minority, she's a lesbian, and she's an immigrant. So she gets three stripes, three stars on her paper. She was asked because the Tennessee Three, remember those three lawmakers? Oh, they're out there protesting for new gun restrictions. New gun restrictions. We need new gun restrictions. We need it. Damn it. We need it. Well, they have been invited to the White House to meet with the president. To the White they did video chats with them already, but that wasn't good enough. They did video chats when they got booted from the legislature, but they knew it was temporary. They got, uh, now they're invited to the White House to talk at some summit to participate in talking about guns. 
to talk about God. You know who's not invited? Not a single family from the Nashville school shooting where three six year or three nine year olds and three adults were murdered by a trans activist. Not a who's by the way, whose manifesto we still don't have. We still don't have. Why is that? Why not a single person, not a family member was invited? None of those, there's six grieving families. If you really want to illustrate what's going on, why wouldn't you invite? Well, because they're Christian. It's a Christian school. Ew, yuck. And the perpetrator is on the left's team. They don't want to draw attention to that. You don't invite James Hodgkinson's family to a Democrat summit on the dangers of MSNBC or the importance of MSNBC. That'd probably be the more likely one you'd have. They wouldn't invite the guy who tried to kill Republicans to there. They wouldn't do that. Why? Because they want to pretend he doesn't exist. They want to pretend that the school shooter doesn't exist while insisting they need to, we need to do something to address the shooting. It's weird watching a shooter be separated from the shooting but that's how it is and steve ducey or peter ducey yesterday asked the very historic karen jean pierre about you know, you're inviting these tennessee lawmakers to the white house but no victims none of the victims families of the trans kill. why why is that is there any plans to and karen jean pierre's answer is well it's she hits it out of the park for for her it's it's horrible it would cause a normal person who doesn't check three boxes on the liberal hierarchy of victimhood to be fired but it's not surprising so monday you're going to have three of the lawmakers who protested after Peace, peacefully protested who peacefully protested after the nashville covenant school shooting have any of the victims or the victims' families been invited to the White House? I don't have anything to, to read out to you about any invite. Why? I just don't have anything at this time to read out to you at any invite. What I can say to you right now is that the president is focused on getting things done. <laughs> He's getting, getting things. We, we ain't got no time for no victims. If they're, you know, if the perpetrator was at the wrong makeup sexual orientation gender identity skin color whatever it is we don't care about that that's why we haven't said squat about what went down in chicago last weekend that's why we won't say squat about what happened out in california over the weekend in la we won't the street takeover we don't say squat about any of that because how does that help us but these lawmakers will allow us to pretend to give a damn about guns and it will also allow us to, at least two of them, the white lady, she'll be pushed a little bit to the side, to be able to sit there and go, oh, Republicans are racist. That's your Democratic Party. That's the White House. God help us. All right, that's enough for today. That's enough for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that's not technically enough for this week. Go to patreon.com slash Podcast or derekhunter.locals.com. Seriously, help me out and get the Week in F and Review tonight at midnight. It's going to be fun. It's always fun. Ranty, fun, but still just fun. I appreciate the hell out of the support. I appreciate the use of your ears. Have a great weekend. I'll see you guys on Monday.